Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. I want to bring a subject to you if all prophesy. If all prophesy. That's what we're focusing on tonight. Going to the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Begin reading at verse number 20. Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people. And yet for all that they will not hear me says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed and unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your Mind. But if all prophesy, but if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so, falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Amen. If all prophesy, if all prophesy. This uh, message is designed around the theme that Bishop Gleason has given to us, and that is the theme for this year, building a New Testament church, building a New Testament church. And as often as we feel the Lord pushing us to, we're going to look at concepts that are foundational in the New Testament church for ministry and for lifestyle. We're going to be bringing you these things on Sundays and Wednesday nights in our revivals. Amen. We like speaking in tongues around here, don't we? Oh, nothing like it. Oh, it's powerful. And, uh, but the Bible says here in certain passages that if you're going to be a tongue talker, do it, but you need to kind of do it with a seatbelt on, right? And this is what a major portions of the book of Corinthians is about. Paul taught, speak with tongues and don't forbid it, but it needs to be done decently. And it needs to be done orderly. You need to have structure with the supernatural. You need to be natural with the supernatural. Not weird with the supernatural. The foundational purpose and the foundational idea that Jesus came to give us was go into all the world and make disciples. That is the command. To baptize them. To let signs happen such as casting out devils, healing the sick, trampling upon serpents and scorpions, and yes, speaking with new tongues. We are to have all of that. But if any of those things, any of those great signs, any of those great evidences, any of those things confuses unbelievers, disturbs unbelievers, 
We need to take a step back and say, whoa, let's take a look at this. For instance, we want baptism to be a special experience around here. That's why we got it way up there. That's why we heat the tank and we offer nice, thick, modest robes. I want to be as clean as I can about this. I've been to the land of Israel and they have a nice special place down there in the River Jordan where it's thought to be that Jesus was baptized and they offer you a robe. It is not a nice, thick, modest robe. It might as well just be a bed sheet. And they got folks climbing down in there and I tell you, it's just not really that great of experience. I can imagine unbelievers looking at that saying, I'm not comfortable with that. The water's not very clean. The robe is see-through, you know, and all this stuff. So we want to try to do things that are decently and in order. I love talking in tongues, but if it gets out of control, you're doing the spirit a very strong disservice. And that is what Paul is teaching here. He is saying that you're going to have unbelievers hear about the church and unbelievers hear about Jesus Christ. And if they come in and all you do is talk in tongues, everybody in the church is getting up and talking in tongues and speaking in the languages of the spirit. Because you know, you can turn it on and turn it off. It's not like God just came over me and made me talk in tongues. God doesn't possess people. God fills people. And you yield your spirit to do that. Paul is saying unbelievers are going to come in and you think your tongues is so powerful. You think it's just going to reach out and get a hold of them and get a hold of their heart and make them talk in tongues and make them get the victory and stuff. It's not really how it works. Paul said if you do that, if all you do is talk in tongues and all you do is just show mysteries in the spirit... The potential disciples that God is trying to draw are going to come in and say, you are nuts. This is a crazy place. There is nothing in here for me. And the spiritual gifts are turning away unbelievers. It's out of order. It's not decent. And all you're doing is just enjoying God for yourselves and not being sensitive about what is going on with people coming into the church. Now, again, I love talking in tongues. I was doing it right over there. I heard a lot of you doing it. We welcome it, but it's decent and in order. Let's say, for instance, we said, ushers and greeters, we want you all to be powerful and we want the gifts of the Spirit to move when people walk in. And we don't want you to say, hello, praise the Lord, welcome to the live church. We want you to start talking in tongues as you shake hands with people as they come in. You laugh. Why? Because that would be silly. Especially if guests came in. That would say that is the most unusual thing. We had a first-time guest with us this past Sunday who was in discipleship class, and we were talking about baptism and Holy Ghost things. And she gave us a nice compliment and said, this was so easy to understand. She said, to be honest with you, I've kind of observed Pentecost from a distance and it looks really sci-fi to me. And I thought, you know, I could take a joke. I know nowadays in this modern culture, all, there's no such thing as a joke. Everything is literal, right? But I can take a joke. And that was the only way she knew how to describe it. But I thought, you know, that's a compliment because sci-fi means out of this world. And the Holy Ghost is not of this world. And uh, the altar call came after Brother Woodward preached, and I saw that guest come forward and pray with tears coming down her cheeks. God was touching her, and by faith, that guest is going to receive the gift of the, of the Holy Ghost. Amen. By the sign of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Why? 
because we didn't push it on the guest. We didn't show it off and exhibit it. That's what Corinth was doing. It was becoming a show. Look how spiritual we are. Look at how much we talk in tongues and how loud and how long, and that's all we do. You know, the Holy Ghost just swept in. We didn't have any preaching. There was just tongues. We didn't have any songs. It was just tongues. And Paul said, your church is not growing. Disciples are not being made. All it is is you having a good time with yourself in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, we've got to make disciples. And he introduced an idea to them because he didn't want to shut down the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit want to move. God wants to move. But he said, instead of all of you talking in tongues, I want all of you to start working on prophesying. Prophesying. Paul distinguishes two types of tongues. There is one that is spoken to God. It's the sign that came down in Acts chapter 2. It's the sign that could come down here tonight. It's the sign that always comes down for people who are seeking the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. And that is you begin to speak other words that don't come from here. It comes from something else inside of you as a sign to you and everybody else that it's not just you in there anymore. It's God. We speak in tongues to God. And as long as you're doing that, no problem. But you come up to somebody for the first time in the altar and you just grab a hold of their head and just start talking in tongues to them, probably not going to have a good experience. But if you can begin to speak in our language here in America, English, or whatever language that they know that they understand as they come in. I know we have many cultures and languages, whatever language, but for just what well, we're here tonight, English, you start speaking English to them. And instead of the Holy Ghost praying through you through mysteries, it prays through you through a language that they're going to know. Chances are you're really going to touch their heart. I have seen this happen. The power of prophecy. The power of declaring the intentions of God. It has been strong in this church for many decades and it's still strong in this church. And I've been getting a lot of questions from a lot of people how do I prophesy? How do I speak in faith? How do I speak and things happen? And that's what we're focusing on here tonight. Amen. I want to ask you this. How did you get the Holy Ghost? Seriously, what did you do? You know what you did? You prayed. You repented. You let it all go and let God have his way. And that's how you got the Holy Ghost, right? I see heads going up and down. That's how you prophesy. That's how God comes in, takes over, and things literally just start flying out of your mouth that you don't even know what you're saying. But the person that hears it, they're going to start crying. They're going to start falling on their face. They're going to start reporting God is among you. Start doing what you did to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and prophecy will come. How does healing come? Nothing really magical or deep about it. What do you do? Pray. How do miracles happen? You pray. How do supernatural things happen? You pray. If you will just learn to start praying in the spirit and saying, it's not me, it's not my power, it's all of God's power. And even the person who is quiet to the person who talks the most in this church, words will come out of your mouth in English that will minister to people in things that you did not know that did not come from you that only came from God. How many have ever seen that happen? Can you just kind of raise your hand? All right, we got witnesses. Prophecy, it is supernatural speech 
in a language that can be understood. Several years ago, we had a outpouring service here. And as I was preaching in this pulpit, I said, anybody wants to come and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, come on up here. And the altar filled up. And I looked out the corner of my eye after I thought everybody was up here. I said, anybody else, anybody else want to come? And I saw a man sitting back there over in this side who kind of slowly walked down with his hands in his pocket and his, head's da- his head down. And I saw him out the corner of my eye and he came and stood up here. And I said, you, sir, are going to be the first. You're about to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Brother Nathan Santo Mary was right there. He laid hands on his head and instantly, boom, he started talking in tongues. Loud, fluent tongues. I know a lot of you probably remember that day. His name is Brother Joseph Jones, and he's with the youth group up here tonight. You know what that was? That wasn't good altar work. Not bad, but that wasn't good altar work. You know what that was? Prophecy. I didn't speak that. I didn't come up with that. I didn't write that down in the notes. I didn't plan that. God wanted to say something through me for that man to understand. I declared what God wanted to do. I spoke God's purpose. I spoke God's foresight, and it happened. Prophecy is the foundation of a lot of things happening. You know, Acts chapter 2, the whole deal with Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost coming down, all of that was a fulfillment of prophecy. Joel said that in the last days, I would pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons, your daughters, and your servants will prophesy. We're in the last days. Prophecy wants to come upon everybody. The young, the old, the rich, the poor, the masters, the servants, everybody. God wants his spirit to be poured out upon all flesh to prophesy. That is why Paul said, I would that all of you prophesy. Even later in Acts chapter 2. Apostle Peter says that David prophesied about a future son that he would have, Messiah, that his body would not see corruption, and it was fulfilled, the Lord Jesus Christ. May hear you say prophecy. So Paul goes through this whole thing about I want you to talk in tongues, but you got to keep unbelievers in mind. I want you to talk in tongues a lot, but if the gospel is not being preached and people aren't being edified and people aren't getting a hold of this thing, You've got to change your ways. He could have said, I would that all of you do healing. He could have said, I would that all of you do miracles. He could have said, I wish that all of you would have knowledge and all of you would have wisdom and all of you have discerning of spirits. But he didn't say that. He said, if the church is going to be all working in the Holy Spirit, you've got to have prophecy. That's what he wanted. And the reason why is not everybody needs to be healed. I'm feeling pretty good right now. I don't need a healing. But I imagine some of you in here maybe got a migraine headache going on. We'll pray for you after service and and, amen, God will touch you. Not everybody in here needs a miracle. Not everybody in here needs a discerning of spirit. Not everybody needs a word of knowledge. Not everybody in here, amen, needs a word of wisdom or something like that. But all of us in this room, whether you are a seasoned saint here, a long-term member, this is your first time, everybody in this room can benefit from prophecy. Everybody in here can benefit from prophetic speech in the English language. Because you know what you're hearing? Direction from God. 
the will of God, amen, through speaking under the unction of the Holy Ghost in the language that we understand. Can you say amen? It's a powerful thing when this entire church, I've watched it in worship service, after a song is sung and we're clapping our hands and the unified in concert singing stops and all of us just begin to praise and worship the Lord, I can hear people literally saying the same thing in English all around me. All of us at once through the Spirit are giving glory unto the Lord. All of us at once are giving praise unto the Lord. And then the altar call comes and you know what we all come down here and we start to pray in English? A lot of the times the same exact things. You know what's going on is the Spirit, one Spirit is moving upon all of us to begin to speak things into existence. And Paul is saying, when you begin to do that, you're going to start really pulling on the hearts of the unbelievers. And it's been happening in this church for a long, long time. It happens sometimes in our worship team. It happens sometimes, amen, just in the seats where you're sitting. It happens in the altar call. And yes, I have seen it outside. Prophecy, there's nothing odd about it. It is the most natural of the gifts. When God wants to speak, you just let him speak and things come out of your mouth. You don't even have to think about it. You don't have to know it. It just kind of leaps out of your mouth, leaps out of your spirit, and it ministers to the people. Amen. Paul says, if all prophesy, I'd like to think that this means that yes, the entire church gets a hold of this, but what I really think he is saying is anybody who wants to truly be used in the gifts of the spirit at that moment, may all of them, when it comes time to ministry, may they prophesy. It's like Joel's prophecy, they'll all prophesy. And Moses even said, I would, that everybody was a prophet in Numbers chapter 11. I want everybody to do it, but I understand that not everybody gets to do that because the Bible says that God puts the gifts of the Spirit upon people as he wills, as he determines. It's not that you get the gift of prophecy and you can prophesy whenever you want. I've had people throughout my life come up to me and say, I need a word, Justin Gleason, give me a word. And I'm like, I'll pray whatever I feel. And usually once I get to praying, something comes out. But I don't get to prophesy whenever I want. I prophesy whenever God wants. I speak a word whenever the Lord wants. And through observation and experience, I've learned whenever God wants to speak. And that's all you really got to do. Just learn whenever God wants to speak. When you pray for it, you seek for it. You get around people that are hungry for it. You get in the presence of God. Amen. It will happen through you. Because you're a son, because you're a daughter, because you're a men's servant, a maid servant, and God's spirit wants to be poured out upon all flesh. Praise the Lord. I've observed something. I feel like I've had a revelation, and I've bounced, bounced this idea off several key leaders in this church and other friends of mine. I remember when I was in Bible college, I went to a church that was near our Bible college. And every service, right after that second worship song, there was a lady that sat down in front, the exact same lady after the exact same second song, would get up and raise her hands and speak in tongues. And I would see tears come out of her eyes. 
And I would watch this. I saw it for the first time. Then the next service I came, she got up and did the same thing. Exact same place, exact same time. And you know what was something after seeing this about 10, 11, 12 times in that church? I didn't know what she was saying, but I knew she is saying the exact same tongues. And you know what would happen after she would give those tongues? Somebody in the church would give an interpretation. I got to wondering, how is it that the tongues are the same, but the interpretation is different? How is it that she is saying the same thing, same words, same glossolalia, same speech, at the exact same moment, but then the pastor will get up and give a, uh, an interpretation about it. And then somebody way in the back will interpret. And then sometimes somebody would interpret it just be three words. Then another time it would be somebody who would go on for almost 30 minutes, it feels like, with that interpretation. Why is that? I observed it. I thought about it, wrote it down, and just kind of kept it tucked away. I always felt edified. I never felt like it was out of order, but that just puzzled me. Why do the tongues seem to be the same, but the interpretation is different? Until... What happened last year and what's been happening in the few weeks, I think I've got an understanding of what is happening. Because somebody brought it up to me. There are certain people in this church that give a tongue at the right moment. You notice it. It's usually kind of towards the end of the message. Sometimes even at the end of worship service or in between songs. It never interrupts because we do things decently and orderly around here at the Live Church. But it's always like everybody gets quiet all at once. You ever notice that? Isn't that something? And we're pretty talkative around here at TLC. And that's a good thing. Don't ever stop that. But it's like whenever God wants to speak, everybody just goes silent. It's like all of us who are filled with the Holy Ghost know the Spirit is saying silence. And I've heard it happen many times through the years. There are a handful of people in this church that give a tongue. And I've observed it through the years. It is the same tongue over and over and over again. I wouldn't even dare try to repeat it in this microphone. But just through the memory of my hearing and in my mind, I realize I have heard that tongue before. And you know what always follows? Some sort of interpretation. And you know what's interesting? It's always a different interpretation. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm tempted to think, are we emotionally manipulating God around here? Are we just people standing up who just feel the Holy Ghost and it's not really a message to the church, it's just a message unto God and somebody's just making it up to interpret. And when I began to think those things, the Lord convicted me and said, no, that is not what is going on. And the Lord brought me to this passage. He said, tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. And I've noticed this. Anytime there is actually a tongue, and I mean it is clear, God is talking to us through that tongue. You know what the interpretation usually is focused to? Our doubts. Our worries. It's like God is saying, fear not, my people. You can trust what I am doing. Amen. Tongues and interpretation is usually to minister to doubts. But I've noticed this pattern, what I've been talking about here, these common tongues that we hear, and then somebody speaks, and it's always different. The Lord gave me a revelation. In that moment, it is not tongues and interpretation, but it is tongues and prophecy. I know he wouldn't mind it. I've already talked to him about this. Brother Travis Lavender is one that does this. 
And the last two times he has done this, given a message in tongues, I've gotten the interpretation, not a translation, the interpretation. You know what the Spirit speaks in that moment? It is a call out to the Holy Ghost for a word. That's what the tongues are. It is a call out to the Holy Ghost for a word. And you know what follows? Not an interpretation, but a prophecy. Prophecy is never so much to help your doubts, but rather a confirmation. And it's been going on a lot during Finishing Strong. It is like one confirming prophetic word after another. What I'm trying to say to you here tonight is prophecy is here. It's alive and it wants to be alive in all of you. And if you will just but observe it and just but desire it, God wants to give you a taste of the supernatural. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be belonging or be around or be engulfed in something that is dead. But I want to be a part of something that is alive. And I don't just want to see it, but I want to observe it. And not only observe it, but I want to be involved in it and do it myself. I feel like there's people here, amen. You're tired of just singing, if you can use anything, Lord, use me, and you don't feel used. There's some of you, amen, God has been moving upon you in your prayer time, and you're wondering, am I ever going to feel what I'm feeling in this prayer time, amen, inside of this church? I'm telling you, COVID-19, the restrictions, it's looking like it's getting over with. People look at me awkwardly when I want to fist bump them. People are wanting handshakes again. People are wanting hugs again. I raised my hand and put my shadow over somebody the other Sunday, and they grabbed my hand and literally put it on their head, and they said, lay hands on me, Brother Justin. And you know what I think people are ready for? People are ready for a prophetic word from somebody. And around here, we don't have preacher worship. They're not expecting the preacher to have it. They're ready to have their neighbor have it. And they want to know, where do I go? What do I do? You know how they're going to find out? It's not through the gift of healing. It's not through the working of miracles. It's going to come through a prophetic word, praise the Lord. I'll never forget, my wife and I, we said we want to buy a house. This was in the year 2012. We said we've been married for three years. It's time to buy a house. We have saved as much as we could. We've got this going for us. We've got this going for us. We got it all together. We counted the cost. We finally called a realtor and we said we are ready to buy a house. Only my wife and I were talking about it. We didn't share that with anybody in this church. And literally the very Sunday, it was Sunday, December 12th, literally that Sunday after my wife and I decided we're going to start looking for a house this coming 2013. Worship is going on. We're all singing and praising the Lord. And a man that many of you know and that we all miss, Brother Pete Olson. Sister Ella, if you're watching this, we love you. We miss you. He comes up to me and he says, Brother Justin, I have never done anything like this. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's right here. And I just feel to tell you that there are things that are very unclear for you that are about to be clear for you this coming March in 2013. And can I be honest with you all? I loved Brother Olson. I loved him. And he was a spiritual man, a praying man, a worshiping man. But can I be honest with you? I didn't fall out in that moment. I didn't jump up and down. I just said, thank you. We'll see what happens. 
It didn't even compute in my mind that that maybe possibly might have something to do with my house. Make a long story short, we put offer after offer, bid after bid, and got nothing. And our rent was up the first business day of April, so we knew if we're going to have a closing, it's got to close, and we got to have a sales contract somewhere in the middle of February to get into a house before we have to start paying month to month on the rent, you know? February 15 comes. Nothing's happening. Nobody's accepting our offers. I got to tell you, I was frustrated and a little worried and a little discouraged. My wife and I said, maybe perhaps this isn't the year. Maybe we need to wait till next year, sign another lease. And I said, no, this is the year. And I prayed that night and I said, God, I'm losing faith here and I'm getting tired of this. And day after day looking for houses and nothing's working out. I feel so unclear. And when I said that, when I said unclear, the Lord reminded me of what was prophesied to me about through his servant, Brother Olson. And I said, my God, that prophecy has to do with the sale of this house. And that very next day, I said, let's go look at houses. And we did, and we put an offer, and they accepted it. And the word of the Lord was fulfilled. We closed on the very last business day of March 2013. Mm. Musicians, and please come. If it wouldn't have been for that prophecy, I'd have never got that house. If it wouldn't have been for that prophetic word, there's no telling where we would be, no telling what opportunities we would have missed. You want to know what was going on? I was in the apostolic church where the Holy Ghost is and where the Spirit is. And God knew that I needed direction and what better place to find it here in the house of the Lord amongst my brothers and sisters. And God didn't choose the preacher that day. Oh no, you know who he chose? A board member. One of the kindest and sweetest men that I miss him so much. A man who had never done anything like that in his life. And as far as I know, that was the only prophecy he ever gave in his life. What would have happened if he would have said, I can't do that to Brother Justin. He's a preacher and teacher in this church. He's on staff. I can't talk to him like that. But he got over all of that and realized it's not about me or how I look. It's about what God wants to do. And it blessed me and it benefited me. And can I tell you this? If you're worried about what other people think, I'm the easiest person to prophesy to. Try it out on me. Let me be your practice dummy, okay? I'm not going to backslide or get angry over anything you say. I may come back at you. I may say, no, that's not for me. That's for you. But I feel like we need to try out this stuff and exercise this stuff. That's how you build yourself as a New Testament church. It's trying it out. It's experimenting. If you make a mistake, that's okay. You know why? Because your motives aren't wrong. You're not trying to prophesy lies or deceit. You're trying to let God move through you. And what better way to try it out in the church, to try it out on the saints. And if you can do it to the saints, you know you're going to start doing it for the unbelievers. Can you say amen? The Bible says that when prophecy moves upon the people who come in and have never heard of this and never seen this, and some of them think that this is a little sci-fi, the Bible says that when prophecy moves the unbeliever will be convinced by all. They're going to be persuaded that Jesus is Lord. They'll be convicted by all. That unbeliever, when they're prophesied to, is going to be compelled to admit the truth and their personal errors in turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Third thing I like this, the secrets of their heart are going to be revealed. Things that they only have in here that nobody knows about. Prophecy will reveal those things so that they know that God knows their hearts and God is among us here in this place. The Bible says they're gonna fall on their face. Let me tell you, falling out is real. They did it back there in the New Testament church. They would fall down on their face. And when they fall forward down on their face, it is a sign, amen, that they are receiving, amen, truth and revelation, just like Daniel did, just like Ezekiel did. God's talking to them. Fifthly, they're gonna worship God. They're gonna give adoration and reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. And lastly, they're gonna get up here and leave and report that God truly is among you because of one prophecy from something they may hear a praise singer say or a worship leader say, something they hear somebody shouting out a few rows behind them, something that they hear, amen, out there in the narthex, something they may see on our church social media, anything, prophecy can move anywhere at any time. And it pulls on the disciples' heart to convince them, to convict them, to reveal the secrets in their heart, to cause them to want to worship and report that truly God is among them. Jesus did this to the Samaritan woman. She was convinced and convicted in that moment. The secrets of her heart were revealed. She didn't fall on her face, but amen, she dropped, amen, her water bucket and went into the town and said, Messiah is here. He's alive and well, and I've seen him and spoke to him. Hallelujah. God wants to use us, amen, to find the Samaritan woman through the gift of prophecy. Can we all stand? Thank you, Jesus. Several years ago, I went and had coffee with a man who was a guest in our church. And as we drank coffee, I was just trying to get to know him, but he opened up his Bible and I thought, wow, he just made it really easy on me. We can talk about God now. He said, preacher, let me ask you a question. He said, you know, I've read the Bible. I've kind of got an idea. I've read your website and listened to a few messages here and there. I kind of got an idea about your ideas of how to get to heaven. He said, let me ask you something. What about this other religious group over here? They don't believe what you believe. This other religious group says this. This other group says this. This other Christian group says this and this and this and this. What do you say about that? Are all of them going to go to hell? The normal Justin would say something like, well, I'm not going to say. Let's see what Jesus said. Let's go off what Jesus said. Let's go off what the Bible says. But instead of saying that, something flew out of my mouth. And I said to this person, well, what do the Marines say? Kill them and let God sort it out. And I thought, I can't believe, what is, am I getting old? What, what's wrong with me? Is the, the, the filter go, I don't know. And when I said that, I almost said, sorry. Sorry to be insensitive here. But after I said that, I looked up and this man began to weep. Tears started coming out of his eyes. And you know what else he started doing? Laughing. It was one of the first times I saw holy laughter outside of the church. I saw him laughing. And I mean, people were kind of looking at us and I'm like, it's okay, no problem here. No problem here. To make a long story short, he said, what you don't know is that I've got my 40 caliber out in my car. And if I didn't get an answer from God here drinking coffee with you, I was thinking about going up to an old property that belonged to my family and ending it all. But I asked God for a sign that if I were to ask you about this religion, that religion, you gave me an answer that I was familiar with. And I'm a Marine, by the way. I know exactly what you're talking about. 
this preacher would give me an answer, I would trust you, God, and I would trust this church. And he said, I'm not going to end my life. And a few weeks later, I baptized him. Praise God. That is why in the New Testament, the command is, I want you all to prophesy. Because prophesy will reach out to somebody who is at their wit's end. It will reach out to somebody who is in a dark place. It'll reach out to somebody, amen, who doesn't know what to do. And God wants to use the church to do it. I want to have that report, amen, in this city. You know, we do a lot of things good and a lot of things right. But if anything, I want the people to say, I like going to that church because God talks to me in that church. Somebody always gives me a word. Somebody always has an answer and I feel like I can keep on going on. This altar call is for anybody who wants to be empowered with the gift of prophecy. Anybody who wants to just have things come out of their mouth to minister to people. I want to invite you to come down to this altar tonight. Amen. If you're truly hungry to be used like that for your family, for your friends, for somebody in this church. Amen. Tonight's an impartation service. I prayed for it. God said it's going to happen. Some of you used to do it. It's been dormant. It's coming back to you tonight. Amen. If you truly want it, amen. The mantle of the Holy Ghost is upon us, amen. And you will prophesy again. And when it comes, do not be afraid. Don't let the devil tell you you can. But oh no, God said you can. You can because he can. You're able because he is able. Hallelujah. Amen. If anybody wants a taste of the supernatural, if anybody, amen, wants to see somebody, amen, amen, fall on their face and report God is among you. Amen. For prophecy, amen. Amen. May it flow and may it happen to you this night. Hallelujah. saying don't hold back but get involved in the last days we're not going back to normal oh no but this is the season of pestilence it is the season of war it is the season of turmoil and commotion hallelujah but we will be a powerful church we will be a supernatural church hallelujah this will be a holy ghost filled church a holy ghost operating church we will be a new testament church hallelujah perfect if God spoke through a donkey prophesied literally through a donkey to a prophet he'll do it through you hallelujah don't worry about being perfect just be available just be available and say God prophesy through me that Joel's prophecy be fulfilled upon me hallelujah hallelujah get a hold of it get a hold of it get a hold of it push for it push for it hallelujah call out to the Lord for it in Jesus name Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.